Oh my goodness, you guys, in just a moment, we're gonna have the Jerome Maldonado come in on the show. He is such a stud, like seriously, the real deal. You'll see for yourself, but let me tell you a little bit about him. He is a highly successful real estate investor, business owner, coach, and speaker. Inspired by his parents' dedication and work ethic, Jerome has always had a hunger for success and a willingness to do whatever it took to make his vision for his life a reality. Starting from scratch, he struggled for many years to get his business off the ground, but from this, he learned what it really takes to build an empire from the ground up. After years of honing his skills in sales, team building, and real estate concepts, Jerome finally built his first six-figure business in his 20s. In 1998, Jerome pioneered a new construction company, which he took to seven figures in less than one year. With much success came the need for expansion. Understanding the simple concepts and benefits of leasing real estate, he purchased a multi-use retail and commercial property to house his business. Jerome found the traction and confidence, which has allowed him to do millions upon millions of dollars in residential and commercial real estate transactions and holdings. He is super impressive, and he's... Coming on now. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns, and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market, and it's evolved into so much more. I've found that I love talking to people, and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well. More specifically, where we reside in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones, and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place, and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the grateful heart is. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, guys. I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Grateful Heart TV, and today... As I mentioned already, Jerome Maldonado, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us today, Jerome. How are you today? Awesome. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys making some time good. Yeah, no, super excited. You know, in fact, uh, it was a colleague of mine recently who's like, oh my gosh, you need to reach out to this guy. He has been following you on YouTube for quite some time, sent me some of your videos, and he's actually my partner in crime as we are on this, um, I, I wanna say affordable housing kick. I've been a realtor here in Arizona for 30 years, and COVID completely knocked so many of my clients out of the marketplace. And so once I started seeing some of your stuff, Jerome, I have to say I'm super impressed. Um, first off, I'd love to start with when I was reading through your stuff, is it true that you at one point were homeless yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't sleep on benches or anything, but I slept on a lot of floors. Yeah. Um, yeah, slept on a lot of floors, a lot, lot of buddies' houses, uh, colleagues' floors, and even my office. I lived in my office for about uh, nine months at one point in time. And today, I think your lifestyle is a little bit different. And I'd love for you to share with us the where you came from story to where you're at today, if you don't mind. Yeah, sounds good. I still sleep on floors, by the way. My son now kicks me out of oh. the bed. <laughs> you know, a little different reason, right? Right. But you no, know, so yeah, I got brat teenagers. I love them to death, but they're brat teenagers. You know, like we all were. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, my story. Um, you know, it, it there's nothing. No, no part of it is it a sob story. You know, I came up. Came, yep. I grew up in in a in a good home, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, my parents were workers. Uh, they didn't come from money. My parents came from um, super modest upbringings, and they worked their asses off to. Were they immigrants, uh, or were they? Uh, did they grow up here in the U.S.? They grew up here in the U.S. Okay. They just 
My mom came from a family of 12 uh-huh. and her dad passed away when she was five Ooh. and she was one of the younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my grandma had to provide and, um, and so it was tough, you know, it was tough on them growing up and with that big of a family in a small rural town. And uh, my dad came from a little bit of a broken home. Um, you know, there was, uh, you know, substance abuse stuff that was just, mm-hmm. you know, that, right. um, that, that they battled and struggles. Uh, no, yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, he also came from a big family, not quite as big as my mom's, and they they had to go out and work, and mm-hmm. so they just instilled work ethic in us and um, and education. And when I I was in pharmacy school, and when I dropped out to uh, my last year of college to pursue this crazy dream of uh, selling water filters and vitamins <laughs> in a multi, you know, in a multi, <laughs> I thought I lost my mind. Uh huh. And, and my pride let, didn't let me come back home. My my Got pride it. my. Um, my big mouth, um, you know. I talked a lot of, I talked a lot of garbage back to a lot of people, including my parents. I had to make it. I, I just had to. It just really wasn't an option for me at that right. point in time. Uh, my pride was too big, and I knew it had been broken if I wouldn't have made it. Well, so I, I did whatever it took to to, to make it, mm-hmm. and uh, I did consist of sleeping on floors and a lot of other stuff. Well, so from the floor sleeping, obviously at some point you were able to get into your own place. And at that juncture, what got you into flipping houses and teaching people how to do what you do? Because I got to tell you, ever since my friend told me to look you up, dude, you are everywhere. Everywhere I look on my social media feed, like, oh my gosh, you are stalking the crap out of me, even if you don't realize it. So I'm like, this guy has got it going on. Oh my goodness. And I definitely want to know your secrets about all of your you know, social media genius that I think you definitely have accomplished. And that's not with anything other than hard work. Yeah, it, you know, that's a whole different side of marketing and sales that I had never learned. And I'll tell you, I, I, I got into concrete construction back mm-hmm. in like 1998. Um, the FTC shut us down, mm-hmm. um, our multi-level marketing company in 1997. And that was the purlain of the construction real estate world for me. I didn't have any experience in it, but I knew how to sell. Mm-hmm. And for people, like that's that was like key, key to success for me. My fundamentals of struggling was at a time when I was just trying to figure out how to sell, the psychology of selling, really working with people, negotiating. Mm-hmm. And it took me about three years to really figure things out. Um, but once I did that boot camp that, that I put my own self through, right? Um, mentorship, it served, it serviced my whole life, even today. And getting on stage, mm-hmm. doing our social media, the psychology behind what we do in business, mm-hmm. um, in um, social media, it all comes from a, the fundamental uh, basis of sales and marketing. Now, the means of distributing that data and information is completely different than what we obviously did yeah. in the 90s. Of course. But but what we're delivering is the same. And it's value, you know, like marketing Absolutely. is value. Yeah, just back so, in the 90s, we were looking in newspapers for that kind of stuff and like little yeah. ads and making lots of phone calls. And today, you know, it's all at our fingertips online, um, which is where obviously we need to be. And absolutely, you have a huge presence online. I'm super impressed with all of that. So I, I see squirrels and I have ADD really bad. I'm going to jump all over the place with you. Um, so let's yeah, get back to your story. Yeah. But I do want to talk about the marketing before I let you go, because I was super impressed with all your marketing and anybody watching who has their own business and needs to promote themselves could learn a lot from you. Well, thank you. Um, you know, as an industry, I, I didn't think I was going to ever embark it. I never even had a Facebook page um, up to 2018. Wow. Never, like, You've done media. all that in five years? 
Now yeah, I'm yeah. even more impressed. I've never even I've been I had never been on any social media platform. I had never been on Instagram. I had never been on Facebook. I had never created an account. So when I decided to do this, mm -hmm. and I knew I was behind the times, and I felt I, I felt like an old dog at that time because I felt like the, the world of marketing had just surpassed me, went right over my head, and I uh, and I'll tell you I felt vulnerable to this to this place um, called online marketing. And I just embraced it. And I, I told my wife at the time, I said, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to go all in. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were doing well, right? We, right. We were, by that time, we had made millions of dollars. We're, we were doing extremely, extremely well. And I said, if we're going to do this, if, if I have to buy my way to the top, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I went all in fully committed like I do on everything. Once I make a decision, which mm -hmm. is super important, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if once you make a decision, you can't like contemplate, nope. consider evaluate and believe you me there was times in 2018 and 19 i was sitting back and went holy shit what did i get myself into um you know i dumped a half a million dollars into marketing i had mm -hmm. no presence mm -hmm. and uh, it's happening so i did things completely wrong and then it that's took how me, we learn yeah and it's it's I'm, I'm a slow learner you know i just i am i'm a slow learner and i but i try everything and i right. never quit stubborn as I'm as stubborn as a bull you know? I have I mean, a feeling I'm, we have a lot in common because everything you're saying I can completely resonate with it's cool so that's just me I mm -hmm. mean my social presence because of my stubbornness and my uh my persistence and in, in not wanting to ever fail at anything I do and I, I'll, I'll I'll push and push and push if it kills me doing it you know and I will figure it out. I think you're investing not just your money, but obviously your time and your energy. And when people invest like that all in, there's no other outcome that will come other than success. And that's what I've seen over the years. Yeah, and you gotta give a lot of yourself too. There, there was times where, uh, you know, it was easily frustrated for my wife, you know, because look, she didn't, she didn't come from the early years of me struggling, right? Like mm -hmm. she came in, she's seen us build a lot over the years. Yeah. We, worth substantially more than when she met me 23 years ago mm -hmm. but tell you that you get to see that hard grind in the early early years where um things were really really tough and um and so when we did this being so far out of the realm of what we did professionally mm -hmm. the marketing side of what we were doing she sat back and go good god like when is this thing going to kick in and um all the trips and flights and networking mm -hmm. and back and forth and you know it's times the feeling like you're wasting all this time that wasn't wasted because um these, these relate yeah these relationships that i've gone mm -hmm. are really what's been able to help me grow our social presence i was right. um, persistent and relentless and getting with the right people mm -hmm. we've done business with grant cardone we've done business with That's ty lopez awesome with all these guys and the business partners of mine like ty yeah. and i own warehouses together and we own um some other business stuff together and um, we, Grant and I have done work together. We've done promotional stuff together, um, you know, and so I've worked with, you know, some of the industry leaders, um, Cody Sperber, the clever investor. We're yeah. like really close, really good friends. Oh, can I be uh, your new best friend? Cause I want to get in that circle with all these guys. Oh my gosh, look at you. So, okay. We never finished. We have to cover the gap. Cause I cut you off earlier yeah. when you were talking about the floor sleeping, the masonry company that you started in, was it 98, which is about the same time period where I was getting really heavy into construction myself. So when I was reading about you, I'm like, 
I think we're probably about the same age, I'm, I'm guessing, because like the time frame kind of falls into line. So you've got your masonry company, 1998. Obviously, marketing is not online, not even close to being online yet. I think we're just starting to get computers in, in homes at that time period. Yeah, I mean, we were functioning on MS-DOS back yeah. in, right? So, I mean, green screens or orange screens, I mean, that was your choice. <laughs> you get an orange screen or a green screen. And um, and the internet comes out. I mean, when I left college uh-huh. in uh, like 1994-ish, mm-hmm. I, uh, I didn't have an email. No one did. No, and I so didn't. And so, the syllabus, you get, and you go to school. Yeah. When I came back to finish my last year of college after four years of my um, hiatus of, mm-hmm. um, of multi-level marketing, I walk into class and they're like, what's your email? And I've sat back and I'm like, I didn't have any email. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I was like, so the world had evolved in four right. to five years that I was out of school. And um, I was still running around um, calling customers on a payphone because I'd ran up bills. My credit was was jacked mm-hmm. up. I was, uh, I was running around with a, an ashtray in my truck full of, of quarters and dimes because it wasn't 25 cents anymore, it was like 35 cents for a payphone. Yeah. And I was literally calling customers from payphones. And um, some people watch us going, what the hell's a payphone? No, right? I, I know you're so dating us, but I like, yeah. I so remember those days too. Did you, you must've had a beeper back then. Cause I know I had a really cool little beeper I wore on my hip all the time. Mine was way cool. It's an 800 number. People can get all over the country. You can call me toll free. They can leave a voicemail on there. Uh-huh. I was super sophisticated. I mean, I had it going on. I had, right. a, I even had a voice memo on there. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was I was running business. That's know? yeah, yeah. So okay, masonry company. You had to go from masonry to actually building houses, though. So where did you make that jump? So look, once you get good at, at sales and marketing, I'll, I'll tell everybody on here. Mm-hmm. Every parent that's listening to this, every kid that's listening to this, every professional that's listening to this, the best thing you can do is either phone time or FaceTime, face to face sales. Yeah. Um, there is. No replacement no. in education for this. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I mean, that by far put me milestones ahead of almost everybody out there that has never done it. Right. And the reason why is because you learn the psychology of people when you're in sales. Mm-hmm. And and so when I got into construction, not knowing anything, I wanted to make money. My whole goal was just to make money and have a good life. Right. right? Like I, I wanted to be able to get a good woman that would live with have a guy that was living on the floor of someone's house right, right? like i needed um and you're not that's the only way you get a, a good woman you yeah. know by being able to provide and um and so that was like my mindset mm-hmm. and so i learned how to sell and i went into construction on accident helping my brother-in-law get his contractor's license because um his boss went out of, of business for tax evasion i oh, actually sh- worked for him college um, sanding drywall. Mm-hmm. So I had a, couple, a few years of sanding drywall. That was my construction experience mm-hmm. and scraping floors. But I had worked for him. So I fell under the criteria for experience. Yeah. For the experience because I worked there scraping mm-hmm. floors. So we went together and I, I encouraged him on behalf of my sister, my my uh, my godson, my niece, um, just to try to help him and encourage him because I had all the confidence in the world. Right. Um, but I was because I just had lost everything. So we, um, so I started selling projects. I, I, got, I sold Compass Bank when they were coming into New Mexico, and I got all the whole Compass Bank. Wow! Um, re- an improvement contract. Uh-huh. It was a, it was a one point seven million dollar contract per facility, and I killed it in one year. Yeah. We built a bigger business. Um, I had netted probably a six seven hundred thousand dollars, and at that time, that was the bet the the biggest year financially that I'd ever had. Right. You know, to hundred thousand in one year. 
And and so I had this money coming in. I was starting to pay debt off, and I was trying to, I was trying to figure out like how do I get my life stabilized again. And I was and I still wanted to make more money, right? right. So I ended up buying a couple rental homes, mm-hmm. um, and I lived the the rental home nightmare that people go through, and and I hated the rental home deal. But I I met a cool dude mm-hmm. um, that was from New Zealand, and he was building homes, and mm-hmm. he'd roll up every day with little point foundations on concrete foundations and he's building these homes and he'd roll up with his, his Bermuda shirts on all looking all slick with his with his skull rings and on his Harley Davidson motorcycle man looked like he just came out of a nightclub at 11 o'clock in the morning he probably you know, did look at- <laughs> I mean this dude this guy rolls up and he's you could just tell he was doing well you right know? His, his demeanor just his confidence know, his yeah probably just the way he walked even his swag man was cool mm-hmm. and I was like shit so I start talking. I said, "Bro, how much you making on these houses?" He goes, "He goes, well, mate, I bet you I, I got to make at least eighty to hundred on this next one." And I was like, "Shit, well, how long does it take to, for you to build these?" And he goes, "He goes, oh well, you know, this will probably take me about four months." So I'm sitting back, just captain going, "Shit, going twenty five grand a month? That's not bad." Yeah, I'm like, I need to do one of these. He does it because he he's doing it passively because right. it's not passively. He's he was showing up randomly and he was there for ten minutes and then he'd leave. So I bought the lot, two lots down from him, and I built a house. Good for you. Was, so you just and, started uh, from there, and you just flipped it on your own. Yep, and that was it. I sat down with my dad. My dad and I sat down. My dad had only built one house in his entire life. It was the house we lived in mm-hmm. when I was in middle school. And he built it literally with his own hands. I said, Dad, help me. Let, let me understand this process. Because I didn't I had never built a house. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like what any of the process was, just like most people. Right. And built me a little Excel spreadsheet and and I go, okay, that's the order that I need to hire people. And then I went to work and uh, I hired sure. people. I got a designs made, I bought, built a bought of land and I made about $83,000 on my first house. And, um, and, and I, this was I 2001, shit. right? No, no, this is 1999. Okay, this so, 19- okay, I thought you said 2001. So this is right after you got started in masonry work within a year and then yeah, you got that big job. Yeah, a year later. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was ambitious. You fast tracked you know, it. You seriously yeah, fast tracked it, dude. I'm, I'm. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, don't have to, but I fast track everything. So then, immediately that exact same year, I go, oh, shit. One, I made that much. I'm doing two at the same time. I'm doing right next door to each other, and I bought two lots right next door to each other. Mm-hmm. Did it, and I made three thousand dollars on each house. Wow. And um, that's impressive. Into- so you know, I. I have so many questions for you about this, but I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back because obviously there's a huge method to your madness. I have so much collateral you've sent to me since I got on your website, and I want to make sure the listeners get to see where they need to go for all this great information. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years? Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud, creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. All right, guys, we're back from commercial break. I wanted now to get in, we heard the backstory. Now we're talking money. We're talking 80 grand a house. And Jerome's like, damn, I stumbled onto something. So you got two houses side by side you decided to do next. And then from there, did you just never look back? Um, so we were doing that and then I got kicked out. So then I had my own house that I was bought. It was an older home uh-huh. and the neighbors were complaining. and. I had to go buy. A, I had to get in. I had to go rent a space for my construction company because we were growing in, oh. my, in my house. This went on for a year. Like I was yeah. fighting with them. I was my. I moved into a, a subdivision with a, with covenances. I grew up as a ranch kid. Like we had cattle and stuff. Like so, you mean you had things. HOA rules, and all of a sudden everybody was mad at you because you probably had trucks coming in at all times, deliveries being I, delivered. Yes, it, it, I mean hundred percent. I had employees showing up, and I had a one acre lot. So I had work, Room. I had equipment, cats, trucks, trailers, and employees showing up, parking in my yard. <laughs> I bet they hated they, you. <laughs> so out of a sure means of have to, uh-huh. um, they, they made me move out of my house. Finally, the, the courts did. They were, I, I made them drag me for a year through the Oh courts. my gosh. And I was like, cool. In fact, free rent for like a year. Let's just, it's cheaper to hire an attorney and pay rent. I'll just let them drag me out through this process. Play the they game. All hated yeah. Yeah. I played the game for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, year's almost up. 2000 rolls around. I'm like, I need to get a building. And, um, and I was, and my thought was, I'm not going to pay rent because I'm not paying rent now. And I want to keep making the money I'm making. I'll just buy a building bigger than I need and rent it to people. And I'll just take the spot I need, mm-hmm. put my equipment there, and I'll make the other people pay for my building for me. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. So I bought smart. a little building. And I um, I bought an old I'm talking old piece of crap building that was built in the 50s. Nice. Um, it was all block, mm-hmm. and so structurally it was solid. And I just put a new facade on it, commercial storm glass yeah. on the front, and gutted it. And I leased it, and um, we leased it all up. Uh, my dad is an accountant, pessimist by trade, love him to death, but 
this stereotypical pessimist. Yeah. And he becomes and I'm proud and excited. I'm like, I'm like, Dad, check this out. I've got this building. Yeah. And you're like, like, yeah, look how good I am, Dad, right? Yeah. I'm not like building the dream, right? I'm yeah. building the vision of my dad. And he's like, and then he sits in, at the end, he just looks and goes, So what happens if it doesn't lease? And I go, oh. I never thought about that, Dad. Well, we- uh, so I'm not- I told him it's not an option. It's going to lease. And then I just got back on my hiatus and I leased it within six months. Uh-huh. And and then that was history. Then I go, damn, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, this is paying my health insurance. This is paying my life insurance, a million dollar life insurance premium for me. Mm-hmm. The getting paid for, for me. I got free rent. I got my equipment. I got my office. And all that stuff's getting paid for with one building. I'm like, shit, I'm going to go buy another building. Good for and you. And so now I'm, I'm, I have my concrete company going. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing houses a year by this time and um and we got up to like then we, we moved to 12 homes pretty quick and then we got all the way up to like 60 70 homes and we started building retail centers and then i started i bought a bunch of value add retail centers and um and then i thought well shit i'm building homes why can't i build retail centers right. so about 2003 four i started building retail centers oh, ground that was up probably pretty fun in that era because i remember seven and eight right behind yeah, yeah. Oh man, that almost killed us. That was our I that was see. our little part. So we went big in retail and it was the new stuff. By the time two thousand eight um came around, we had, you know, what yeah. I thought was was massive projects, you know, at yeah. that time. Those six million, eight million dollar projects. Mm-hmm. And um those and we um yeah, those almost took us under. I believe so, it. Yeah. It was a rough time. I mean, we saw vacancies all over Arizona in commercial industry as well. Yeah. Well, you, Arizona saved me. You guys got plummeted because the only thing that you guys had economically going for you guys at the time was the travel industry. You guys yeah, leisure, it's true. Travel, what you guys banked on economically mm-hmm. as a state, and um, Arizona was in the top five most distressed states in the country. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, so I started buying real estate up there. So Smart. if you know where the two, where the two hundred two is. Uh, right off of 40th and 44th Street, between 40th and 44th. I, I know exactly uh, where that is. The Department of Real Estate isn't too far from there. So, yes, I know exactly where that is. So, the Chinese Cultural Center yes. is right there. Mm-hmm. The Marriott that, uh, that everybody stays at when they come in for uh, for spring ball. Yeah. And there was a bunch of piece of shit fourplexes that mm-hmm. were right there in between the 40, 40th and 41st Street, right off the 202. And I owned all that. I bought all that. It took you me two years to acquire. You were a total slumlord, dude, because I know that area. Total slumlord. We, <laughs> we, I was buying those fourplexes for $40,000, oh, $48,000 a piece. My, we were leasing. my cheapest short sell I sold, I think it was in 11, was on Van Buren and 40th Street, right by where you were, and it was $16,000. And get this, the guy had financed a hundred. The bank's calling me to do the short sell, giving him $5,000 to get out. And I could only sell it for sixteen, and they paid me five hundred to list it. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, love it. I love it. Those numbers yeah, were not I mean, in my favor. The buy time was beautiful. Yeah, it really was. The hard time was real. I mean, well, we were going through. I was. We were a hundred percent immersed in this deal. Like, I'm talking. There. I don't know. I know there was people immersed, but we were immersed in every facet that uh, you can imagine. Did, so now, do we, you still uh, own all that? What's that? Do you still own all that? So here's what I did. So I owned all that stuff until 2015, 16, mm. late 2015. I got it under contract, sold it early 2016. I took that money. I, I landed up selling all of that. All of that I acquired for just shy of uh, $700,000. And then I had 12 single family homes that I was buying right there in central Phoenix, all kind of spread out. 
And I was paying between $25,000 and $30,000, $35,000 for these single family homes we were renting for $900 to $1,100 a month. Mm. I had 12, plus all those fourplexes. We had 64 units of fourplexes. I ended up selling that whole portfolio off and um, to two different buyers. The, the homes went to one buyer. The other one, the um, the fourplexes went to the developer that's actually developing that real estate now. Uh-huh. Um, and it, well, years. So in 2016, I did a 1031 exchange, only 1031 exchange I've ever done. Uh-huh. I bought an 84-unit apartment complex down in Tolleson uh-huh. uh, for $7.8 million. We just did a cash-out refi for $15.1 million. And I was all in on that stuff for and it all just under $1,000. And it all started back when you bought all that property. Oh, my gosh. And you, so you took properties that you were selling for forty grand, and now they're worth several million because of your 1031. I am... Like I was already impressed with your helping people build houses and helping them learn how to save money and do all that. But I had no idea about your real estate portfolio, Jerome. That is crazy. Um, In an interest of time, I better switch over because I really do want to learn about what you're doing for people. And I'm going to swipe over just so anybody who's actually watching the episode on YouTube, because we're on all platforms for um, podcast. But if anybody's watching, I want them to check out your website. I mean, obviously, everything starts here at your website, Jerome Maldonado, the 14 step ebook I already got on my hands, um, the five day land challenge, which is incredibly important, I believe. And I want you to talk to us about that. Um, and the coaching that you do. I wanna make sure that we talk about that too. This is your YouTube, oh my gosh, your Instagram, your Facebook, you are everywhere, dude. And then as soon as I got on your website, I started getting all these emails and they were fantastic too. So I wanna make sure anybody who's listening and they're interested in anything that you're talking about, they find you and get on your website and download all these books with all this material, but the coolest thing, Somebody comes to you and they're like, Jerome, I want to build a house. What do you tell them? What are, what are their first steps? So their, their first steps are really just to go find a piece of land. They, they it, Everything takes action, right? Yeah. And the biggest thing is how to make a decision. And that's, I think, the hardest thing for people is to make that decision, to make that leap. Because um, people are non-decisive. They are. And really, all it takes is, all this stuff takes is action. That's it. I mean, I, I'm not the smartest kid. In, I was never the smartest kid in school. I was dyslexic. I was a C student. I, I just as an action taker my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so really, if they want to build, if you want to build a house, the process is not that difficult. But there are key components. I will tell you this. It's not that difficult, but there are key components that really will keep you recession proof um, and not 100 percent recession. proof. Nothing really is 100 percent, but 90 percent, 95 percent recession proof. Um, our homes got us through the 2008 recession. We sold homes all the way through it. Um, and I've been telling people we're, we're, we're selling homes all the way through this. And our, our education has produced folks all over the country that are selling homes. I think we had six homes selling last week. And the lowest profitability net out was uh, on any of them was $151,000 or something net profit. Wow. So are you teaching people to build custom like large homes? Or what are we building here? Semi, semi-custom homes. Okay. So we're building between homes between 1500 square feet and 2700 square feet okay we're building homes right around that four hundred and fifty thousand dollar range under a million okay. the sweet spot really like i always tell people is between half a million and eight hundred thousand and um and that your 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 demographics is the upper 24 percent mm-hmm. of home buyers mm-hmm. it's the upper middle class. it only constitutes for 24 percent of all home buyers on the surf mm-hmm. but those are the that have money during downturns like this. There right. are moms and dads, our grandparents, the people that have worked a 30-year career, mm-hmm. the people that are working 
you know, strong six figure paying jobs where there's a, a husband and wife or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, but they've done well and they they have a good stable median income, upper median income. Yeah. And those are the people buying because they're buying they cash can. a lot of times mm-hmm. and buyers, you know. Um, so that's the market that we focused on in 2000, um, in 2008, 9, 10, 11, and 12, because mm-hmm. it really took that long yeah. for the house market to rebound oh, across yeah. the country. From 2007 here through 13, we, we suffered, I think, a little bit longer, first and last out of most people. Um, I did yeah. short sales. I was known as the short sale queen back in those days. So I was in the thick of it right there with you. Too bad. You know, I probably sold a property that you bought. I wouldn't be surprised the way you were picking up properties back then. But okay, so you said key components. Number one, yes. buy some land. Action needs action, right? We start there. They go find a lot. What's a perfect lot in that 800 price point that you're trying to target? The biggest mistake people make is they try to look for land first. You can't look for land. You got to look for a business model. And the way you find the business models where homes are already being sold mm-hmm. for what your end business model is going to be. That's mm-hmm. where you go find land. Um, you can't just find land anywhere. It has to be a piece of land that fits the business model. That would be desirable. In. Yeah. So you go you go search for demographic areas that fit that business model. And then once you find that demographic area, that's where you target land. Mm-hmm. And, and once you find land, then the rest is just the simple process of building, right? You, you got the land. Um, you have to negotiate the right price on the land, obviously. Or do you um, recommend that they hire a realtor to find that land? Or do you recommend that they go on their own and send letters to people? Because I actually had a gentleman on the show a couple of weeks ago that um, was teaching people how to send out letters and um, yeah. get responses that way. Yeah, you could do letters. I, I'm, I'm old school. I, I'm not a big realtor fan. I'm going to be play devil's advocate here. I, I got my broker's license because realtors kill me. Um, <gasps> you just haven't worked with me yet, Jerome. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you because I just spoke at the women's count uh, in California on Tuesday. I spoke at the the California Women's Council for Realtors, mm-hmm. and I told all of them. I asked them, "How many of you guys invest?" And out of a room of 100 people, like four people raised their hand, and I said, "Do you guys want a client like me?" Was my question yeah. to them. They you got to invest. Yeah. yeah, and I said, "Okay, there's only one way to get a client like me." You got to become. Uh, you got to be investor savvy. You got to mm-hmm. understand how investors think, and you got to understand what cap rates are. You got to understand. Yeah. Uh, the problem with most realtors is that they're starving, trying to make it, mm. and because of that, their only their only interest is their own personal financial interest. So they're trying to sell you anything and everything, whether it's good, bad, oh. dirty, or ugly. <sighs> that just kills me hearing you say stuff like that. I am so not like that, but I know I am the rare realtor out here. There's good realtors, and that's what I'm saying. So what I tell people is, yes, once you find a good realtor, and in my teachings, I teach how to find the right realtors, ah. the realtors that dominate that area. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this, and I talk about it in my teachings. I tell them, I say, look, guys, like there's people that dominate in this area. You don't go to just any any realtor. You don't go to your yeah. cousin that's starving no. um, to commission. You don't go in, out of the yellow pages and get somebody that works on the northeast end of town to come work in the southeast side of town. Like you got to get somebody that's area specific where you're at that dominates that area. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. And so when you do that, then, you know, because you're selling to those builders like yeah. that broker is selling to other builders. Yeah, that broker is, is selling is has buyers. That's They're, gonna connected. Buy your They're connected. Yeah. So you have to find that first. Like right. if you broker first to find that you're going to get diluted, frustrated, mm-hmm. it's, you're going to have a 
So I, I tell them, you got to do the legwork first to find the area. Once you find the area, then you find the broker. Find the broker is the third step. Yeah. And the broker, those brokers, once you find your area, you'll <clears throat> kindle relationships that you'll have hopefully forever, you right. know, because I have realtors that, like I just, I showed up the other day and I had bottles of wine and I had Home Depot cards and, and I get that stuff. I walk into their offices and these aren't even people that work for my company, but they just appreciate us because we source them for land right. we're too busy to send them business, but those people back for us, you right. know, right. So, but there's a few of those out there. So if you're saying pretty much after you find the land in the right area that you want to operate in, the rest of it's easy. Is that because you're selling people your engineered plans and walking them through the rest of the process? Because I've been in the building industry and it isn't simple, but with the right guidance, it can be easy. Yeah, and I guess it, I, I, you know, I built kitchens wrong. I've, um, I've had to move cabinets. <laughs> We've uh, all screwed up. You know, I, I mean, you name it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had to deal with it. Right. Um, I've built too close to the road to, to be roads. I've <gasps> oh, built, inside your like, easements so, and your setbacks and all of that fun stuff. Ouch. Well, not just like resale stuff in, 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 in sensitive markets that just houses just don't sell that mm -hmm. quick. You know, because there's just circumstances that you got to watch. Right. You got to be careful of. Mm -hmm. And we try to guide people in those in that regards and um, that's where the mentoring comes into play because right. it's not that hard if you understand the 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 key components that people are looking for and mm -hmm. you know what to stay away from right um and the only way you learn that stuff is by going through it or by having somebody who's went through it to teach you what to do or not to do mm -hmm. and you're gonna make mistakes but if you make a mistake and still make six figures that's not a bad mistake to make and it's a great way to learn. So one thing I am working on is I am in the process of start, starting up helping people do kind of what you're doing, but on a much smaller level. And I'm just wondering, is there any guidance you would give me as the educator? I have 30 years of real estate experience, 25 of which have been in the new home industry. And um, through COVID, like half my clientele got priced out of the market between the rates and the prices. And now, and I don't know if you've heard, but Arizona's actually picking back up. We're back to a seller's market in a lot of the Phoenix metro area, depending where the house is. So we're back to bidding wars. And so all those guys that we were waiting to get through, then the rates went sky high. They're still sitting in apartments because they can't get into a house. And I want, I, yeah. I had the great experience of in the, talking about the um, realtor who's the investor. I bought 15 acres a couple of years back and parceled it off and still own a lot of it, but I doubled my money like that. And I still own, I think more than a third of it. And so those were the experiences that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the way to affordable housing. Let me teach people how to do this. But to your point, when I bring it up, people are a little scared. You know, that's like so new and so not the norm of let me go find a lot, let me go build a house, and then let me make money from selling it. You don't come across people every day that are willing to do that. Yeah, and it's surprising how much of an outreach we've had. I mean, we have hundreds of students, we have thousands and thousands of people that outreach to us all the time. And I think the biggest recommendation that I could give to you is just don't be afraid to give and lay down all the value because sometimes I think we feel is, is um, when we're doing educational stuff that they're going to poach and steal our information. Right. It's, it's just, we're not going to change this, the life and world in U.S. statistics, you know, mm -hmm. that 97% of our population, they're working class professionals. They're going to stay working class professionals. They're going to be employees. 2% um, of those are going to get wealthy and 1% is going to become ultra wealthy. And that's just that's the, the real life. Yeah. We're not going to change that. So I always tell people just where you're going to really, and I, and when I started in the education space, I felt like that, like, well, I'm only eating this much because then they have to pay if they want more. 
right? And you kind of stay like that. Now I'm going like, screw it, I'll give them everything because no one actually takes action until you get, they get pushed or they pay anyways. So that's true. Well, and you know, I actually had a coach, I don't know, like a decade ago, and he gave us like, what do they call it? It wasn't the critical path to sales. It was, I don't remember. It was just like this big meat of stuff. And I'm like, dude, why are you giving this all to us? And he's like, well, I know most people in this room will never do any of it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do all of it. So, and I did. Um, but yeah, most don't. And so when you were talking earlier, the financial piece, because not everybody can qualify for construction financing. What do you uh, uh, what do you recommend to people who have never done one before? Because I know a lot of it is if you've done a few, then you can get lenders to believe in you a little bit. And the first one might be a little tough. Yeah, you got to get private money. You got to get um, bridge loans. Hard money. Um, you partner with people. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of students that have done that, that have partnered with builders. Mm -hmm. um, and the builders take half their profits. Like I got this one young lady, she's super sharp. Um, and her husband's a computer guy and she's the construction person in the family. Mm -hmm. And they, they each walked away with 130,000. She, she netted out 260, 130 went to her partner who was mm -hmm. a silent partner, but they were the money person. Okay, fair and enough. Right. So, um, so there's a bear of entry. My hard but money guy will love to hear that you just said that because he offered me something similar. And I'm like, gosh, there's gotta be a way to get it cheaper. Cause you know, hard money is not the cheapest money out there. And, and so but you, it's a of entry, right? Like yeah. we did this with our apartment developments when we started doing ground up apartments. Mm -hmm. And man, I had a lot of equity away to get resume to get into the industry, mm -hmm. um, even with my experience. And right. I, I give up, um, you know, five sixths of a, of a project to get into the multifamily development space. You know, I built a $32 million project and gave up five sixths of the equity in it. And I did all the work. But you, know? you still, but okay, it, but how many millions did you just still walk away with? I mean, I did good. I mean, I, I still did a cash out refi where my portion was 2.5 million. Yeah. And now I own, me and one other guy still own that $32 million uh, complex. And we cash flow from it every month and we've exited the other people out of it. And that got me in though. And now, like last year, we did $170 million worth of ground up development in the multifamily affordable housing sector. And I have another 50 million on the books this year. Banking's gotten a little tighter. Mm -hmm. But we're, um, but we're, yeah, their butts you know, tend to pucker up when political stuff is going on and interest rates are high and all oh, good times, right? Um, well, hey, you know what, Jerome? I've already taken enough of your time today. I am so grateful to you. I know the other day we had a little hiccup with the flights and all of that. And, you know, today I was like, oh gosh, I hope he's coming on. And I'm so grateful you did. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there any last word of advice for me or anybody watching that you'd like to share upon them? And of course, anybody listening, go to Jerome Maldon auto.com and all of his stuff is there and i promise you i think i even got a text message from your office after i signed up for your ebook which i thought was really cool because obviously you got it going on when it comes to marketing and following up in sales you know your stuff and i'm like ah! very impressed thank you yeah we work hard at all that stuff and so I, I just tell people you know life's as hard as you make it you know um i've never found that life is really that tough and complicated but you have to take action yeah. and most people don't um the resources especially in today's day and age mm -hmm. are out there but like i always tell people i've never met a wealthy skeptic i've never met a, su a successful skeptic um but i've met a lot of of hard-working underachieved people that have done extraordinary things because they were willing to make a move World and it tickles me pink to see people that would have never, without our influence, have done anything. And through a little bit of my influence, have hit milestones in their lives that they wouldn't have done without me. 
And so That's if cool. you're somebody watching this and you're sitting back going, you know, can I do this? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, you can. All it really comes down to is you. Like, I mean, it, it comes down to like a decision. The person, yeah. And then you waking up in the morning and taking action. That's as hard as it really is. Agreed. And that's been my life, you know. Hey, you're super inspiring. I love talking to you. I could probably keep you all day. I doubt I can keep you all day, though. So thank you so much, Jerome. And I may hit you up down the road for a follow-up session if you'll agree to come back on because I'm sure there's a gazillion questions I did not ask. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day. Yes, you as well. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Oh my goodness, was that not worth the wait? He was so good, and I know there's so much more information out there that he is willing to share and just give to you guys. So please go check him out on JeromeMaldonado.com. I've already downloaded his ebook, have so many videos, and oh my gosh, he is everywhere. If you guys need help getting started with wanting to build your own home, feel free to reach out to Jerome, or feel free if you're in Arizona to contact yours truly. Thanks. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, Check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day.